Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority Show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. My name is Simone Vincenzi, and I'm your host. And today we have a special guest where we are going to talk about building a brand with a dollar a day strategy. So stay tuned because it's going to be an incredible episode. Now, again, if you are new, welcome to the show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure that you subscribe. Um, if you're listening to this on uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, as well as subscribe on our YouTube channel, if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, uh, before we start, just one quick thing that I want to let you know. I know that a lot of people, um, they use webinar to get clients. And in particular, one of the things that they struggle with is actually to create a really effective presentation that gives you clients. So we have solved a problem for you because we have created an incredible webinar conversion kit, uh, which gives you a very simple, easy to use step-by-step process to create a high converting webinar presentation. Uh, make sure you check it out. The link is in the show notes, or you can go into webinarconversionkit.com. So that's webinarconversionkit.com. Now it is time to introduce our guest for today. He's the chief executive officer at Blitz and Metric, a digital marketing company which partners with school to train young adults. And Dennis' mission is to provide education and no cost to students. Uh, his program centers around mentorship and helping students grow their expertise in digital marketing to drive leads and sales by managing and um, ad campaigns for enterprise clients like the Golden State Warriors, Nike, the Rosetta Stone. He's an internationally recognized lecturer in Facebook marketing and has spoken over 730 times in 17 countries, spanning five continents, including Keynote, L2E, PubCon, Conversion Conference, Social Media Marketing World, Gutagen, and Marketo Summit. Without further ado, please welcome to the show the one and only, Dennis, you. Good to see you on the show, Dennis. Good to see you, Simone. All right. So before to, to get started, I know that um, marketing is your thing. Marketing is your thing. Building brands. What, what got you into that? What got you started? I'm an engineer. I'm a math guy. And I see that there's numbers and math behind websites and social media. And I figure it's a big math equation. If we can get the right people to see the right audience, pay the right price, show them the right offer, then it's just a big math equation that creates more value for all of us. And over 20 years ago, I helped build the analytics at Yahoo, which is a search engine. And I got a view into people's behavior and people's data. So even though a lot of people have, are now calling this thing marketing, 20 years ago, it was called web mastering. And that's what I did. I was an engineer and I built websites. I'm interesting to, to start from, the, from your, your time at Yahoo. Um, now, what was, uh, you know, it's, it's not a small company. <laughs> and uh, you can definitely have data and analytics on uh, in- incredible insights on the human yeah. behavior, as you mentioned. What was the one thing that was unexpected for you that uh, uh, made you go like, wow, I didn't really think this about people? <laughs> While you were well, looking Yahoo at- was a small company back when I was there. And mm-hmm. what was unexpected for me was I thought, you know, a search engine, wow, there's... At that time, billions of pieces of data that we were collecting per day. Now it's trillions. And I thought there's so much competition, so many people trying to offer the same thing that it can be discouraging 
right? And a lot of people would say that today. If they're a coach, expert, trainer, entrepreneur, other people are saying the same thing. But when I looked at the data, and so I had a very unique view because I had 13 terabytes of search data coming to me every day, right? That we had to process and create reports and analyze and all this. I saw that half of these queries were never searched for ever, but they're completely unique in the history of humanity. And I thought, how could that be? And I saw that people, once they found something that they liked, and by the way, 30% of the things that people search for on Yahoo were things that I can't tell you what they are, but I think you know what they are, right? Mm, I I might have an idea. I might have an idea. (laughs) And it was 30% of our revenue. And then later the engineers at Google that came, a lot of them came from my team. They admitted it was the same thing there. So you can't blame Yahoo for this, okay? You can blame Google just as much for those sorts of things. But I noticed Or you can blame humans. Yeah. I mean, people blame me. Oh, you're serving, you're, you're part of this whole thing and you're serving ads and serving these particular industries. And I said, look, someone had to type that in. Okay. Like we didn't type it in. We're just, we're just a network. If someone types this in, we're going to show them an ad, but it's not even our ad. There's, there's advertisers here. There's people that are searching. It creates a whole community. You know, it's like Uber has drivers and riders. So the other surprise is that when people would come in and they type something, right? It, It could be something like losing weight. It could be, you know, checking Bank of America for their stock market or, you know, their account every day or whatever it is, checking the weather, they, uh, looking at the vacation in Hawaii that they want to take. They would do the same thing over and over and over again. And so that really surprised me and it, it taught me that people are creatures of habit. And this is true for every, every entrepreneur, podcaster, expert, host, whatever, listening right now, you need to understand this. If you can find something, if you can solve that particular problem or provide that particular advice in that situation, when someone is searching for that one thing, then if you can do it just once, you can do it a thousand times. You just have to figure out how to harvest that demand. So I found there's a friend of mine and are you familiar with like vitamins and supplements? There's this one particular Mm -hmm. vitamin called St. John's wort. Have you heard of it? No, not that particular one. I mean, you could say like vitamin B12 or like whatever your favorite uh-huh. one is. But anyway, this guy, he just for some reason became the expert in St. John's wort, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, how big is St. John's wort? I mean, what is that worth? You know, like $2 a day, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought some small, like this guy became the guy for St. John's wort. And it's, it's surprising. Like people will, you'll hear people say, oh, you need to, you know, focus on the niches and that's where the riches are and really next, yeah. you know, focus down. But it's true. And I, I saw, cause I had an inside view. Nobody else can really challenge this. A lot of people have their opinion about the internet. I actually had the data. I could see this, right? What a unique yeah. view, right? I saw there's so many of these little niches that you would think are nothing that are millions of dollars. It just blew my mind. No, it's, it's interesting because also this topic is about becoming an authority in your field. And that's what I like to connect with people that are incredible at what they do. And there is a stereotype that I think you have challenged. You know, you're talking about the tech guy that uh, is not great at communication, but is great at crunching data. 
And I'm interested in terms of like your journey. Were you already yeah. so good at presenting, public no, speaking? Terrible. That? Oh, so <laughs> tell me a bit more about your journey because, you know, when people talk about you or talk about <laughs> SEO, talk about paid ads, your name yeah. always comes out. So you've yeah. done something right on that, on that, on that part. How was the journey? To get <laughs> Maybe I've just been a better communicator than other search engine engineers, right? Let me ask you, how many search engine engineers do you know that are out there that are willing to be on a podcast and talk about stuff like this? How many do you know? Others, <laughs> to be honest, like my yeah. network is not in there. So, so, so you're telling you're telling me, Simone, that I am the I am the the best search engine engineer that you know, but I'm the only one that you know. Right. <laughs> and anyone listening here, I'm probably the only one that, you know, so it just goes back to what we said before. Right. And it's not that I'm the best of all these other people talking about SEO and whatnot. I'm the only search engine engineer. So it's very easy for me to dominate that because I'm competing against almost nobody else. Right. Most how of my friends are retired. How was it for you? A long time beginning. Ago. How was it for you? In the beginning, I was terrible because I, I, I bet like, for example, if you wear like also not having a, a lot of other people. Like I think we learn a lot by examples, other people yeah. pave the path that we can follow. Yeah. You didn't have many of those. So to tell me a bit more about that. Well, it, I was very lucky in the beginning because being a, I was, you know, I was there at the right time when the internet was starting. Right. So anyone who was there at the right time, doesn't really matter. You were, you're going to be successful unless you did something really bad. And so I got invited to speak at conferences. I, when I was at Yahoo, I was with the people who created the foundation of the internet, like uh, two guys, two rows away from my office was Rasmus Lerdorf. And he was the, the inventor of PHP, which until recently is like the foundational language of building websites and the internet and the other people who built HTML, who built the kernel, who built like, like wrote the things that we use, right? Were people that I had lunch with every day. I just didn't realize it because I was there early. And because of that, I got opportunities to speak. I got opportunities to make friends and I was terrible. Like my first keynote, I was a closing keynote at the Epiphany Conference in front of 2000 people. I had a one hour slot. It's a huge stage. You walk out onto the stage, your name is in the background. They're playing the, the music. And I was terrible. I didn't know how to speak. Doesn't mean I wasn't a good engineer, right? But I learned to speak by just doing a lot of it. And I also took Toastmasters. So Toastmasters, if you guys aren't part of Toastmasters and you've not learned how to speak clearly, I'd recommend you sign up for Toastmasters. And that's why when you hear me speak now, you won't hear ums and ahs. I speak in complete sentences. I'm not worried about speaking on stage. I don't have stage fright. I lost that many, many years ago. But the first few years, I was scared to death. I would hide in the bathroom because I didn't want to come out and go to a meeting. Even with just two people. I didn't want to go to the meeting. I was so scared. In my office, the phone would ring. I wouldn't even pick up the phone. I would just look at the phone and say, "Why? I don't want to answer this. I'm scared of answering the phone. I was so scared. So if, a, if an engineer like me, who I didn't even speak English until I was six, if I can do this, it's not that hard. I used to look at all these other people that were, that I thought were great public speakers. And I thought yeah. they're natural. I could never be like that. And it's just practice. You know, this, right. It's, it's You've got 300 practice. plus episodes, just practice. Yeah. 
it, it is doesn't it even matter practice yeah you like, have the italian it. accent doesn't even matter right i know, it's cool, I know. that's a, i started speaking english uh, when i was uh, 20 21 that was yeah. my my first introduction to english and i started my first event company when i was 22 not 23 sorry and yeah. that uh, I, I remember the first few events that i did like people could barely understand what I was saying. And definitely yeah. Toastmaster was a great help as well for myself. I yeah. was going and to all the table topics that I could find yeah. just to get to get some practice and some experience. Now yeah. I want to move on in the next stage of your journey though, before we go into more the strategic, the strategic part of the building brand and the dollar a day strategy. Um everyone has a moment that is almost like a breakthrough moment for yeah. them and their career. Yeah. What was that breakthrough moment that put Dennis you on the map? I had a mentor who is the CEO of American Airlines. And I came to him for advice all the time, just because this man was very successful. He knew a lot. I was just a kid and he took me under his wing and I was going to, I was trying to make a decision where I should go for my first real job. Should I go to Goldman Sachs? which is banking in New York city, or should I go to American airlines, right? His company. And I wanted to go to Goldman Sachs because they were making a lot of money. Way back. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> back then they were a private company. My aunt was there. A lot of my family members were there. They were very successful. I could have used my connections to do that, but American airlines, they needed to build a website. And this was back in 1995. 1996. And I thought, how many years ago is that? Like 27 years ago. And he's told me this, this one piece of advice that I tell other young adults, because I think, and I think most people don't even understand it. He said this, focus on your learning curve, not your earning curve. Hmm. And so I started out at American Airlines making $36,000 a year. And I would have made double, triple that. I would have made five times that at Goldman Sachs within two years. But if I didn't start at American Airlines and work on internet things, I would have never made it to Yahoo. And then Yahoo have never, would have never gotten me to, but I wouldn't have gotten the background in working with really big databases to then be able to work on social media data, to then be able to build systems. So it's one of those butterfly effect things where there, it, it compounds. And so I leveraged my expertise in data in something small to like four or five steps, you know, if you play chess four or five steps later resulted in something bigger. Now, maybe if I had gone to wall street and Goldman Sachs, maybe I would have, you know, done something else there that would have been equally as powerful or even better in terms of databases and data mining and algorithms and stock trading, but who knows. Right. But I knew that that was the right choice because I was going to go to Goldman Sachs because I would have made more money in the first year or two. But he said, look further, right? Would an extra twenty or $30,000 per year really affect, in 10 years from now, would an extra twenty or $30,000 per year really make a difference? And I said, no, not really. He said, then make your decision based on where the dentist of 10 years from now would like to be. That's such a powerful advice. That's such a powerful piece of advice because for all the families, what a lot of young people do, they, they follow the money, you know, you, you follow yeah. what's the highest paid job in particular, at the beginning, your parents want yeah. you to get your, the, the highest paid job you can get. There is yeah. less the, the, the option of 
follow something that uh, you know you follow that learning curve and the, and the trends or where the word is going or getting those skills that are going to help you actually yeah. being in like wherever you put your cv out they just want you in because these are the skills that are needed yeah. right now um yeah. at what point did you decide then to go solo and uh, to start your own company because uh, coming from uh, like employee employee mindset and employee mentality and uh, employees opportunities and skills that you have very different mm-hmm. from running a business as you well know that's right uh, at what point did you decide to make a crazy decision and say you know what i'm done i'm uh, <laughs> I'm my, i created my company now yeah well there is just too much nonsense at yahoo you know a small company that's successful eventually becomes a big company and at the big company, there's bureaucracy. And when I was there at Yahoo early, it was great because it was, I was thinking, wow, I'm working side by side with these people who are just, we we're just able to do whatever we want. And I feel that these people are many levels above me because I'm thinking, wow, I'm so, I don't belong here. They're going to fire me any minute, right? Because these people are just so good. But then, because A people hire A people. But then uh, these B-level people came in and C-level people. And then like, the C-level people hired their D-level friends. And I started thinking, who are these idiots? How did these idiots get into the company? And eventually my meeting was uh, schedule was so full. I used to have almost no meetings because we were building things, right? Engineers, we code things that my meetings were full from 9am to 5pm every day. I had no time to do any work. I just went to meetings. So I blocked out time on my calendar saying, Dennis is private working time. Do not book. And people would book on top of Dennis's meeting time because there was no other time in my calendar. I said, no, I have no time to work. So then I would work from 5 p.m. until midnight. I would go to the cafeteria because Yahoo would, you know, you'd have the cafeteria. That's why the dot-coms have the cafeteria to keep you there to work. You know, Google makes all the free food. So you work there, right? It's not because they love the employees. It's because they keep you there longer. Keep you there, keep you there and create an environment that you don't want to leave. So then And after, after too much of this, because I would have my, my best ideas, my best inspiration when nobody was bothering me. So usually between like 10 p.m. and midnight, I'd come up with a great idea or some new feature I wanted to build. And I'd be able to work on it because there's no meetings, no one to interrupt me. But then sometimes, you know, you get a great idea and you just, you just want to keep going. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. I would stay up till three or four o'clock in the morning working on yeah. something. Right. But then there's a meeting at nine o'clock, a stupid meeting. And so I would message these other people saying, you know what? I've been up working late. I'm not going to go to your meeting, right? And they would get all mad, right? Dennis didn't come to our meeting. He didn't come into the office until noon. Yeah, I was working till 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Dennis Dennis is lazy. He only shows up at noon. You know, I work twice as hard as you work. But anyway, after enough of that, I realized that I was never meant to be an employee. And I was never, I mean, technically I was an employee. I was an employee for basically 10 years because I worked at Yahoo and American Airlines. But what I was, and maybe a lot of you guys, you have not made the switch yet. Maybe you're still working a job for the safety of the paycheck. I realized I was an intrapreneur, right? An intrapreneur is someone where you're inside someone else's company. It's their money. Like at American Airlines, I was an intrapreneur because I could spend, you know, I, I had the, 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 the wallet of a multi-billion dollar company. I could buy all all kinds of things, right? If I wanted to buy software, hire engineers, I had a $50 million a year budget, right? Isn't that awesome? You can spend money on all kinds of things. And then I'll say, hey- It's even better would, than being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I would, what I would do when I was at American is there are companies that I was interested in that I, would, I wanted to learn about their software because I thought it was really interesting. So I would just call them up and I'd say, hey, 
I want to learn about your software that does content marketing or, or whatever it is, some kind of cool tool. And you know what? They would always get a call back, right? Why do you think I always like the CEO would call me back? I, any company it could be Oracle, um, could be Larry Ellison. It could, or it could be, you know, who is it from MicroStrategy? Like all these people, I got to talk to these CEOs of all the big dot com companies. Not because I was anybody special, but because they saw, oh, it's American Airlines, it's American Airlines. So I did better internally as an entrepreneur because I leveraged the fact that I had, I worked at American Airlines. So that's how I got to speak on all the stages. You know, same thing for Yahoo, right? Oh, Dennis, you of Yahoo. So people want to ask questions about SEO because I'm the guy, you know, I work at Yahoo, right? I understand what goes on in the algorithm, this kind of thing. And so I never really was an entrepreneur. And I never really was an employee. I was always leveraging what my current situation could provide me. So the benefit, and it wasn't that I was taking advantage yeah. of being at Yahoo. It's, it's that for me to do my job at Yahoo and to do these deals, I had to become known in the industry, right? Just by nature of that particular role. So I got the very best education, right? Imagine, Simone, you were in my shoes 20-some mm-hmm. years ago at Yahoo, and you were working with the other dot coms out there the other guys that were building software yeah. you know maybe you're working with uh, pete who uh, bukite who created gmail right mm-hmm. so my buddy barath devanathan was one of the key engineers on yahoo mail yeah. but our friend our friend pete who was just three miles away he created gmail right he just created gmail kind of on the fly on the fly and you know a lot of people use gmail today right but we're just hanging out with these different people and we're coming up with ideas what kind of advantage is that of being around the right people so it wasn't that I just said, you know what? Screw the corporate job. I'm now going to start my own business. That never happened. Yeah. I always was entrepreneurial, but what I call it is I call it being intrapreneurial because I'm leveraging the assets in the name of the big company. So I was always doing consulting on the side. You know, maybe that was legal, maybe that was not legal in the contract that I had with Yahoo. But, but I was already making money, you know, on yeah, the side. Yeah. It just came a certain point where you know, I already have so many connections. I already have so many deals and projects going. And I'm just tired of working at Yahoo. I'm gone. I think that based on this, uh, based on this conversation, there are so many uh, lessons uh, for people that uh, they have this idea of, uh, okay, I'm, I'm starting my business. I'm starting from scratch. And I see that making this, people making this mistake over and over again, where they don't actually leverage on the opportunities that they had before, yeah. or they don't create also a network around them, or they create opportunities with the situations that they are in. Yeah. Because this becomes a great springboard for everything that you want to exactly. launch instead of, instead of then starting something and looking around. So yeah. Well, where do I start? What am I doing here? So yeah. that's a great piece of advice for everyone who is just maybe start thinking about making the leap into entrepreneurship, but is not leveraging currently all the opportunities mm-hmm. and the network and situations that there are in the in their current job. Um, yeah. And so when I started, I had zero risk when I left. Mm-hmm. It was already great. I'd advise people don't quit your current job until your new job is creating enough income and what whatnot that you reduce the risk. The last thing you want to do is try to work two jobs at the same time. You're going to fail. Yeah, and and also you're going. I'm with you with that because then otherwise you're you're going to go into survival mode. 
mm-hmm. if you need that money to pay the bills. And it's very difficult to have a grounded conversation with a client where now mm-hmm. you would be willing to bend back over backwards and uh, just to get that particular client. And right. I, I, I did that. I did that for that mistake. Uh, and that's tough. Six months. Yeah. I lasted six months. Then I called my mom. I said, mom, can you send me some money for rent? <laughs> then my parents are divorced. So I called my dad after a couple of months. Dad, can you send me some money for rent? And then after a while, I had to go back and, yeah. uh, and then built the company while I was having my income and my basic expenses yeah. covered, which I could just focus on the creativity part and putting the foundations in place. Now, I know that for you, that you're doing something that's really important at the moment, which is creating 1 million jobs. Tell me a bit more about that, where it came from, and what current projects are you involved in? It started 25, 30 years ago. Mentorship was so important. It made one of the biggest impacts on my life because there's no way I could have seen the things that I didn't know. I didn't. I was a young, dumb kid, certainly smart. I was a good engineer, good at math, you know, but mentorship to get help from people in the industry to know, for example, that going to American Airlines was a better choice for me than to go to Goldman Sachs, as we talked about. And I want that to be on a much larger level so other young adults could also benefit. So I've done a lot of mentoring, but how many people can you and I mentor, right? Maybe a few dozen, right? How do we do this on a much larger scale? We need to create systems so that people who are experts in an area can also train up others and mentor them, but not just, oh, you're going to meet with your mentor once a week because that doesn't scale. That's coaching, right? That coaching doesn't scale. We need to have a standard. So you think about there's a standard when you fly on an airplane, right? That you know the pilot is trained. The pilot didn't just watch YouTube videos over the weekend and get in the cockpit. The surgeon who does the, the heart operation had to go to medical school and get trained and be certified. They didn't just, you know, watch another surgeon. Now, hey, you can try that. That looks easy. You know, no, you actually trust that. There is no current standard right now in digital marketing. But the good news is working with our friends like GoDaddy and Infusionsoft and onlinejobs.ph and, you know, Instagram and Descript and all of our industry friends that do software and networks, all of them have agreed that we should create a singular training program. And Jake Paul reached out to me a year ago and he said, hey, I want to create a training program. And I said, wow, I must be in the matrix. And my friend Mark Lack said, yeah, this, Dennis, this is your dream. Holy moly. This is like, you could not have wished for anything more than that. Because, you know, maybe one day, eventually I would reach out to some of the influencers that the young adults look up to and say, hey, you know, look at all this training that I've created. Look at my background. Look at all the people that have come through our programs. We should partner together. I was thinking, you know, one day, one day, maybe I'll be brave enough. I will reach out to some of these people and say, you know, the the top TikTokers or whoever, maybe one day I'll have the courage to reach out to them and say, you know, maybe we could work together. You don't know who I am, right? But instead, the number one influencer among young adults reached out to me. And I thought, I must be dreaming. And so we created this program at financialfreedommovement.com that's about to launch any day now. And it's helping young adults go through training from you select what you want. You want to learn how to build websites. You want to be a social media agency, right? You want to get big on YouTube. 
you want to sell things and, and your t-shirt with your name or whatever, like you, whatever it is you want to do, select the thing you want to do. And then we have 30 experts and each person has done that particular thing. Yeah. We'll teach you how to do that particular kind of thing. Like if they select, I want to sell e- my own products on e-commerce and scale Shopify. Then uh, Jake and I say, great. You want to be able to scale your e-commerce. And it's a choose your own adventure. So you click on the thing that you want and you know, they choose your own adventure, right? You've seen mm-hmm. how that works. Mm-hmm. So yep. we, we've yeah, created yeah. this whole video that does, it's, it's fascinating, right? So then, you know, you click on that and it says, oh, hey, I'm Brendan Agronoff and Jake and Dennis and I, or Jake, Jake and Dennis told me that you wanted to grow e-commerce. So glad you're here. Let me log in and show you how I'm making almost a million dollars a month. And let me show you where I was seven or eight years ago when I started. And I'm going to show you step-by-step how I did it. And so you can do the same thing, just like baking your favorite recipe. If you have the right ingredients, you follow the steps, you will get the result, right? And so we have this step-by-step for any area in digital marketing. There's no magic. There's no secret. It's just literally just like fixing a car, flying a plane, doing the surgery. We show how to do all of this. And so that, that is what has made things valuable to me is how do we scale an apprentice type program that can be done with people who have done it? Not people who have watched a lot of YouTube videos and said, oh, yes, I'm going to teach you how I to make a million dollars. dollars. That's yeah, bogus, yeah. right? Uh, that's so fascinating because uh, and definitely needed because uh, there is no like if someone wants to learn. They, they need to do a lot of due diligence and everyone pretends to be, you know, the next Messiah. <laughs> right. Oh, my system is the best. Oh, my. And so having a place where actually you can go and you know yeah. that whatever you're getting is going to be quality and it's going to be from people that actually have done it, that they can yeah. do that as well. Uh, that that's brilliant. And in particular, it's going to create a lot of jobs for people yeah. that are going to go into this industry. Uh, can you repeat the website again? So then if someone can write it down. Yeah, it's at financialfreedommovement.com. I did not choose that name. He chose that name a long time ago, and we even agreed that wasn't really a great name. But you know what? We already have it there. And whatever the name is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that these young adults and then not so young adults, because we see like stay-at-home moms and virtual assistants in the Philippines and anyone who like COVID changed this whole thing, you know, with online work and digital, anyone that wants to learn how to make money. This sounds, it sounds like a scam if I say this, but anyone that wants to learn how to have a career in digital marketing, where we'll teach you how to do this and give you the clients like the real estate agents, mortgage brokers, the doctors, the attorneys, like we have the network of all these small businesses that want help, yeah. which makes sense because if you get the certification, the certification is only as valuable as your ability to turn that into work, right? 100%. So we think young adults are good at social media, right? They are on TikTok and Instagram. And the, the business owners, they know they need to be on social media, but they don't know what to do. But they know the young adult understands social media. So we just yep. are bringing this together, right? It's like, an, you know, an Uber or a, a, the ride-sharing service. So you yep. have supply and demand. So the Uber, Uber doesn't actually own the cars. Uber just brings the supply and demand. So we have the supply of all the young adults, and we have the demand of all the business owners. And then match them together and then yeah, have exactly. We're just matching it. So we're not the agency. We're, we're training up both sides. We're telling yeah. the business owner, like we did a masterclass with Tom Ferry. So for anyone who's a real estate agent, 
they know Tom Ferry is the number one respected person in real estate. So he has 450,000 real estate agents that follow him, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't know who he is, it doesn't matter. You're probably not a real estate agent. But if you're a real estate agent, then you'll see Tom Ferry and I created a masterclass on digital marketing to train all the real estate agents. Here's how you rank better on Google. Your Google My Business profile, which is now the other thing, your Facebook page, getting reviews, you know, Facebook ads, YouTube. Like we're teaching all the things that an Mm -hmm. agent needs to drive more, you know, buyer and seller leads. And we say, here it is. And here's all the checklists. But if you don't want to do it, here's all these young adults that are trained, right? So the thing that brings both sides together, the young adults and the businesses, is that we have this training. Yeah. So the young adults can come through the training and get certified. And the small business owners can come through the training. They can do it themselves or they can hire or the they young adults. Or they can hire young adults. Yeah. This makes perfect but, sense. So there is a, a financialfreedommovement.com. Now, yeah. what, I, what I want to go in uh, the next part, which is the last part of the interview here, which uh, we're going to talk a bit more tactical, tactical part. Uh, that's what's going to be the next part. And I know that you're, I mean, you have a lot of skills in the digital marketing part, but in particular, you're great at building brands. And because everything in digital marketing is about them building yeah. a particular brand. And there is a particular strategy, which is a $1 a day using yeah. ads. So tell me a bit more about building brands and what mistakes as well you see people making. And then if we can go into the, um, that particular strategy and why businesses should implement yeah. it. Yeah. So Simone, let's say that somebody reaches out to you and they want to meet with you. Maybe they want to be on your podcast, whatnot. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do? I check them out. You check them out. And when you check them out, you look at their, you Google them, you look at their website, you look at their YouTube, you look at all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you go to their YouTube and you see that they have a, you know, a fair number of videos, but it says like five views and eight mm-hmm. views and three views or whatever, what do you think? Lose credibility. And what if they're an author, speaker, coach, expert? right? They claim they're so important, right? And maybe they are actually an expert. And then you go look at their Facebook and you see like no engagement. You see very little going on. You see, they don't have many friends in common. What do you think? Low credibility. Okay. And let's say that, let's say I invited you to be on my podcast, the Coach You podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, before you decide whether you want to go on the Coach You podcast, what are you going to do? I'll check out the Coach You podcast. Okay. So you check out the coach you podcast and let's see that, let's say that there's only two episodes and there's people you've never heard of. And then you, you look at them and it's okay, but there's only like five views. What do you think? No credibility. Like maybe like, that's not the right place for me. I'm not, I'm just wait a bit. Let's see. Let's yeah. wait a bit more. Yeah. And so we see that is true of 99% of the author, speaker, coaches. Now that doesn't mean the don't misinterpret what I'm saying. A lot of people say, well, Dennis says you should just go out there and buy a bunch of fake fans and fake views. No, no, no. If you use the dollar a day strategy, then when you, when you produce the content, then you can make sure the right audience is seeing it. So with Simone's content, we don't want just everyone on the planet to see this. That doesn't make any sense. We want the people who want to learn how to build their brand, who want to be seen better, who want to start a podcast, who want to be able to sell more services, who want to be able to create a book on their knowledge, who want to be able to get more clients, who want to like what we want, we know who that audience is and we can use the dollar a day approach to make sure they're being seen. So you and I got connected through Jeff Hunter, right? Yeah. 
And Jeff Hunter has a, has a medium sized audience, right? He's not a big deal, but then he's not nobody. So it's kind of mm-hmm. in the middle. And what we can do is we could take, for example, content that you and I have made. And then let's say this podcast, and I can target all the fans of Jeff Hunter yep. on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on TikTok, because now he's on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. On Snapchat. And I can target all of them for a couple dollars a day. How hard do you think it is? Let's say that maybe Jeff and I, Jeff Hunter and I, we sometimes we argue on Twitter just for fun, right? How, how long do you think it takes to take one of those conversations and then boost it on Twitter for a dollar a day? So all of Jeff's fans and friends and community sees what I have to say. How, how long does it take to do that? Uh, that's probably a couple of minutes. Yeah, two or three minutes. Now, let's say that Jeff came to my VIP three-day in-person masterclass at Infusionsoft's headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. He flew down, spent three days with me, with the other executives, and we made a lot of video together. And let's say I was nobody, right? Let's say Jeff Hunter is like a big deal. I'm nobody, right? But I made a bunch of videos with Jeff. And I heard some other social media consultants say, oh, you should make content with these other people. And you should put it on your blog and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all these different places. And it gets no views, but I made Mm -hmm. good content. Let's say the content was actually good. How much effort would it be to then boost any one of those pieces of content for a dollar a day to the right audience? It's not expensive at all and uh, it's very easy to implement. So the dollar a day strategy is making sure that you are being seen by the right audience. It's that easy. We've done it thousands of times. Tens of thousands of people have gone through it and it works in almost any situation where you want to generate visibility where organically TikTok and Google and Facebook aren't giving you the reach because here's the dirty secret. You have to pay now. Okay. Yeah, you do. Like I understand SEO very well. I worked at the search engine. You have to pay now. So I'll give you an example. I'll I'll give you a few of them just to show you it it applies in any situation you want to be seen if you know exactly the audience. So my, a friend of mine, Bryce Clark, he got ripped off by the car dealership. I won't go into the whole detail of what happened, but he's some kid. He got ripped off and they said, no, we're not going to fix the car. And I said, mm, yes, you are. So I told Bryce, write a blog post, say exactly what happened, what the car dealership said they were going to do, and then what actually happened. And then they decided not to honor the deal that you had. You had a text message that, that showed that the general manager said, yes, I'll fix the car, right? I promised to fix the yeah. car, but then didn't do it. Put it on your blog and then he will fix it for you. And Bryce said, no, but my blog has no power. No one's going to see it. And I even told him this. And he, he said, and the general manager just kind of laughed at me and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to put it on social media. Says all the other customers too, right? You think I'm afraid of whatever you're going to write on social media right? This is the guy who owns many dealerships. It's called Earnhardt Chevrolet. It's in Phoenix. It's a chain of all the car dealerships, right? And so Bryce was like, oh, I don't think this is going to work because the owner said, ah, you know, whatever, go ahead and talk on social media. I don't care. So Bryce did this. He made the blog post and we made a Facebook ad for a dollar a day. And mm-hmm. we targeted the people that work at Earnhardt Chevrolet, not the people who like oh. Earnhardt Chevrolet. Not the people who have been okay. to Earnhardt Chevrolet, the people who <laughs> work at Earnhardt Chevrolet, all the employees. Yeah. And sure enough, two days later, the 
the GM calls, okay, whatever you need to do, like, okay, I'll just bring, right? And I made sure they got to see the post as well. So the dollar day approach really a PR approach. It is a secret PR approach. You know exactly who you I mean, he is, he's got the to, to help. Yeah. So the general manager called and said, what are you doing? I, you know, I don't know how you're doing this. I'm getting calls from everywhere. Just bring the car in. I will get it fixed, you know, and just don't ever do this again. And what happened was we were targeting all the employees hmm. of his business. And a lot of people don't know that social media allows you to target by who the people are. Google is about what they're searching for, but people don't understand that social media, like Twitter, I can target all the fans of Jeff Hunter. I can target all the people who are general contractors. I can target all of the pregnant moms in Minneapolis, right? I can target all the people who have a certain kind of degree. I can, I can target all, all kinds of things about who, who they are and what their pain is and the, the company they work for and whatnot. A friend of mine has the license for Elvis, the Elvis bedding and, you know, Elvis, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Elvis pillows and Elvis sheets. For some reason, he owns all the, you know, the license to be able to sell mm-hmm. that. And he wanted to sell it inside Walmart. Right. So now that you know a little more about the dollar a day strategy. Yeah. Who would you target? Um, employees of Walmart. Of Walmart exactly. So you tar- gener- target yeah. all, all the employees of Walmart, but not, not every Walmart employee, because that's over a million just random employees. I would target the executives in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is their headquarters town, mm-hmm. right? Because I've seen people, they'll, they'll say, oh, Dennis, I tried your dollar a strategy, and I targeted everybody who works at the supermarket. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, figure out exactly who you want to target. If it's decision makers, or if it's people who have been to your website in the last 24 hours and they haven't bought, or if it's a competitor, or if it's, you know, someone who's well-known, like if you've been on someone's podcast, then you should target that. For example, Grant Cardone is well-known, right? So he and I have made a lot of videos together, but most people don't know that. So I'll take these videos and I'll put it out there for a dollar a day and I'll target Grant Cardone. So if I target people, this is, so imagine you're the algorithm, you're the Facebook algorithm, you're the Google algorithm, right? And you see Grant Cardone content targeted to Grant Cardone. What do you think the relevancy score of that is? That's going to be incredibly high. Really high. So because the relevancy score is really high, then what do you think the algorithm, you know, the algorithm, what kind of benefit do you think it's going to give me? Well, it's going to push it even more because now the relevancy yeah. score is high. Right. So I did that on Facebook, for example, and I took my Grant Cardone videos targeting the Grant Cardone. And my cost per view was like 0.3 cents. My engagement rate was 20%. My average watch time was 23 seconds. Like the numbers were great, right? And so a lot of people who know Grant Cardone, they know who I am, right? So same thing. When we launched this thing with Jake Paul, I'm not saying it has to be Jake Paul or Grant. It could be anybody. It doesn't have to be someone. It doesn't have to be a celebrity, right? But the the point I want everyone to understand here, which is key to the dollar a day approach is what is it, what is it that you can feed the algorithm? So when I say algorithm, I mean, Google or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or any, all the Netflix, Amazon, they're all the same thing. 
the same algorithm. Can you create content or the content that you've created? Can you match it with the target that has a really, really high relevance score? So people want to consume it and then put content out there that it's not advertising content because most entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, they, they'll use our dollar day technique, but to promote the direct sale. Oh, here's my coaching thing. Here's, you know, buy my product. Or sign up yes, for this the, webinar or uh, use, use dollar a day to show that you have an association with that other person. Yeah. And then when they attend your web, webinar, when they put in the email, when they do whatever, when they watch the little two minute snippet, when they watch the podcast, then they're going to want to Google you. And then that's when they want to buy. Mm. But if you try to drive from cold straight to the sale, then the oh, algorithm will say, no, 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 no. That's too far. That's trying to get married on the first date. Too far, right? Maybe in some cultures, it's okay. But here, we, we're trying to, remember, we said most author, speaker, coaches, experts, nobody knows who they are. Yeah. So we have to get them from zero to the first step of association, right? Mm. So any content you have, not, not selling content. And people say, well, why would I want to run ads against the podcast? I'm not selling anything. Well, why? Because I want to, I want to get you known. Yeah. The association. When I, you want to build, you want to build a relationship. That, that's going to be thinking actually. Something yeah. that uh, I'm go, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, this is my commitment. I'll say to, to everyone here who's listening or watching. Now we got definitely content with you. Uh, now um, I've got uh, an interview with uh, Dr. John Martini. I've got an interview with Frank Kern. Uh, oh yeah. One with uh, one with yeah. Les Brown. Uh, I've got um, I've done an event with Les Brown. I've done an event with Gary Vee. So I yeah. can leverage a lot of that uh, using this strategy and I'm going to yeah. do it. So Simone, here's it. what you do. You have your team or it, so for you guys that don't have a team, use Fiverr or, you know, Fiverr, get a yeah. VA, pull out the best one minute highlights of you and Frank Kern and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these other people, mm-hmm. right? The best little ones. So, you know, like a movie trailer versus the yep. movie. So you were creating the movie trailer. Right. Yep. Pull out the best one minute things. Don't don't have a bumper. Don't have things like that because that just gets in the way. Right. Just go immediately. Yep. The first yep. second go straight to the straight to the big punchline, the big and oh, wow. Gary Vaynerchuk said this. And then they see you and him, you know, go back and forth. Just one minute clips put out there a dollar a day. And all you're trying to do in that first layer of boosting, mm-hmm. all you're trying to do is get them to see that you and Gary Vaynerchuk and Frank Kern are having a good conversation or you and me, we're having a good conversation, right? Yeah, well, I'll Just do, one minute, it could even be three minutes, but just one minute and then put other pieces of content that are longer content and put other content that drives people to a landing page where they can get the whole. So the movie trailer, what, what's the goal of a movie trailer? To get people interested, to get people to watch the entire movie. So then watch the entire movie. So the entire movie is your lead magnet because now they have to put in the email address. The entire movie is the whole podcast episode. And then in the podcast or on the landing page or in the email sequence after they sign up, then you make the offer. Then you say, hey, buy my product. Hey, I have this $1,000 thing. But the first two steps usually should be free. And that's where most of the author, speaker, coaches, they they mess up because they they go straight for the sale because they need the money or they can't afford to invest in their brand or they don't understand or they think that advertising means it's you have to drive immediately to get people to buy and that's a big mistake 
and also it becomes really expensive if you play that game. Like you're talking yes. about, like it's easier, it's cheaper actually to get a client that is already familiar with you, that already trusts yeah. you or that already have consumed content, right? I yeah. get someone that has no clue about who you are to even show up to a webinar. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to do it. And um, now to wrap up this interview, Dennis, uh, which has been incredible from uh, uh, understanding your journey, and how you got started, uh, how you created your company, the mission that you have uh, now to create yeah. 1 million jobs, and also the $1 a day strategy to build brands. If someone wants to reach out to you, they want to know more maybe about the $1 a day strategy or the, um, yeah. uh, the, 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 the movement that you're creating with Jake Paul, what's the best way to reach out to you? Reach out to me on any channel that you prefer, but I prefer LinkedIn if you don't have a preference. Literally just Google me, right? And you'll see all this stuff will pop up and I'm available and open on all those channels. I knew that things were going down at Yahoo many years ago when I had people that were working for me on my team at Yahoo say, oh, you should just Google that. And I said, do you know what company you work at? Oh, <laughs> you can't be saying that you, you cannot be driving a Toyota to the Honda dealership. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's when I said, okay, well, the best thing, if you want to find out, if even the people on my team who work at Yahoo are Googling it, you want to find me, you want to find me, Google me, right? And we'll chat. All right. That, that's brilliant. Dennis, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Make sure you Google Dennis You. We're going to have uh, all Dennis links uh, in, in social media and website uh, in the show notes. So make sure you scroll down and check it out or it is in the description section as well if you're watching this on social media or on you know, Facebook or YouTube as well. Um, having said that, uh, if you enjoyed this show and uh, you, you want us to attract even more incredible guests like Dennis, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps with the show and uh, also is good for my ego, which I would really, really appreciate it. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of the day, evening, night, wherever, whatever your time zone is. And always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.